morning, everyone. Happy Monday and welcome back to the Joy Factor podcast by Grace Bible Church. We're currently in our Christmas series, which I'm so excited about. There's only a few weeks left till Christmas now, and I literally couldn't be more excited um, because Christmas is one of my favorite seasons. But aside from the excitement and fun of Christmas Day itself, Christmas truly is one of the most beautiful times of the year because it's just a reminder of one of the most important events in all of human history, which is the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Christmas is also a really incredible season and kind of unlike any other, because usually at Christmas time, people's hearts are much more open and receptive to the gospel message, especially with all the exposure to Christianity that Christmas brings, things like nativity scenes, Christmas carols, special Christmas services, stuff like that. So I'm super excited to welcome Pastor Stephen back on the podcast today to discuss some practical ways that we can share the gospel with the people around us this Christmas. Yeah, so welcome I'm, back. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad to be, be with y'all and have this conversation. Um, it's a good one. It's a real good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully we'll be really useful to For anyone. For sure. I, and I was thinking, you know, um, and I shared this with Christy, but I, I think that in my recent memory, I've never... This is a, a special episode because it's an opportunity to really go into Christmas with intentionality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my experience, I've never really thought about, hey, you know what? This would be a really unique time to do this. So this is like a new thing. But that being said, as I look back on my holidays um, with family, Christmases with family, there have been so many opportunities to open up and share the gospel. And so it makes right. sense. It makes sense that this. And so we're going to bring some practical tools, hopefully. To help you. Right. And the cool thing I think about this conversation as well is it's not gonna it's not something that you have to do. You don't have to take all of these tips and be like, oh, I have to try and do every single one of these. It's just a lot of ideas that will hopefully be helpful for um yeah, for you this Christmas season. Absolutely. So we've kind of divided this conversation up into three parts. So the first one is that we're gonna talk about today is how to share the gospel with your unbelieving family that you'll most likely see at Christmas. So kind of around the Christmas table, at home, that kind of thing. Um, Then the second point is how to share the gospel with your kids um, and just how to make Jesus more real to them this Christmas. And then the third one is sharing the gospel with your neighbors and people around you this season, or maybe unbelieving friends who you won't necessarily see at Christmas dinner, but you'll see probably around you the rest of the season. So hopefully these points will be helpful to everyone. And yeah, these are these are just ideas and suggestions, ways you can kind of plant seeds in people's hearts, maybe without coming across too strong and like scaring people off with the gospel. Yeah. Um, kind of just starting points for conversation. Yeah, so. definitely. I feel like it has to it has to be natural. Yeah. Um, obviously, you have to be intentional, but they don't. They, you don't want the last thing you want is. For it to feel like you're just shoving it down their throat. Right. Um, especially with family members, because more than likely, if you're in a family um, that, you you know, especially a faith family, <laughs> they're, they, it's almost like they expect it, and so they might have their guard up. And yeah. so, so doing it in a gracious way, being intentional about it, but doing it in a gracious way is very, very helpful um, in, in keeping people open to having those conversations. Yeah, for sure. So if we start out with um, talking about relatives or people at your Christmas celebration, how would you kind of start to, what kind of practical tips would you give? Um, yeah, I would, it has to start with prayer, <laughs> yeah. praying. And, and, um, and there, that's twofold. That's during 
the celebration, and we'll talk about that, but also before. And right. I think even listening to this episode, it's helpful because it's going to get your mind on it, and you can make a plan now to pray for the individuals you know are going to be at your Christmas celebration. Right. Um, <clears throat> and probably if, you, if you're like my family, you, there's people in your family that you're like, okay, who who do I need to speak to about Christ this year? You probably already know. Yeah. It's already on your mind. Yeah. Now take that take that thought and put it into pra- a practice of prayer in preparation for them being in your um, celebration, your Christmas celebration. Right, right. And I think another another aspect of prayer is I've always found that praying can be a really good way to share the gospel without coming across too like hard or too strong so even if you like when you're at christmas dinner or whatever if maybe you're surrounded by people who wouldn't normally say grace before a meal or whatever if you just offer to pray before the meal usually people aren't gonna say no people aren't gonna be like oh you can't do that most people will just be like okay and then you can pray you can obviously thank god for the food and the people there but i think you could even use that as a time to subtly share the gospel and like in your prayer just thank God for sending his son to die, like to take away our sins. Obviously don't make like an hour long prayer while the food gets cold. That's just going to annoy people. But you could definitely like, I don't know, sneak the gospel into your prayer and just start kind of planting seeds that way. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, that's a... Coming on too strong. (laughs) That's a great way. And it's a sincere way because you're, you are grateful that God has done this. And Right. And it's the point of Christmas. Like that is something you should be giving thanks for anyways. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think another another way um, to really just make a clear kind of statement of faith in your life and to show the people around you is by serving. Because a lot of times people, especially who are not maybe saved, they don't want to serve. They don't want to be the ones to get up and help serve the food. Yeah. They don't want to be the ones to help clean up. Everyone kind of avoids and disperses after Christmas often. Um and if you stay and you offer to help and stuff, I think people will notice, oh, wow, that's different. And I think just showing a difference in your life to the people around you is going to make people question. Be like, why Why would Stephen be like that? Why is he being so nice? You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. And you can point them back to Jesus. Like, Yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call out uh, the men <laughs> that are listening because <clears throat> I think uh, at least growing up in my family, more traditional roles like old I'm talking older generation yeah there's this like mentality of like ladies are in charge like your Thanksgiving Christmas meal like they're gonna do a lot of the work or whatever and again that's wrong I don't think that's a great a great thing but it happens right yeah and so I think even that stepping up and being like no I I can do some I can do the dishes I can you know whatever whatever I can cook yeah. Like th- there's things that you can do. Obviously, you probably don't want to be the cook if you're not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like no, you can people do the are dishes. like please don't, please don't do it. Um but but you but do something. And like you said, the the tendency is uh hey, it's a holiday, let's put our feet up and but what a what an opportunity to represent Christ. He came he came not to be served but to serve, right? right. And so um I agree 100% when when you're seen serving, being selfless, it goes a long way. Yeah. It goes a really long way. And yeah. it opens up doors for those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think something else that you can do to be kind of intentional is just asking people and talking to people about their lives 
like seriously sit down with someone and just ask how they've been doing this year and show genuine interest in them I feel like people love to talk about themselves and when given an opportunity especially if they have something in their life that they're struggling with or going through that maybe they wouldn't usually share with you if you if you ask them questions they'll be far more likely to open up absolutely Um, and then it, it presents like this amazing opportunity to then ask like how can I be praying for you? Or even if they've shared something with you, say like, I'll be praying for you for that or whatever. And that's just another I don't know, seed you can plant. Yeah. In, in kind of preparing for this, uh, this podcast, it made me kind of go back and think of all these different holidays, especially those that I was really trying very hard to follow the Lord mm-hmm. and how those, how like of the times that I've had really meaningful conversations during the holidays, it is started with asking. Yeah. Asking how someone's doing. And and here's the thing too. I think that probably every family has that individual. And maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like in in every side of my family, at like my wife's side, my side, my cousins, you know, my dad's, you know, siblings, my mom's siblings, whether, you know, cousins, aunts, uncles, all those. Yeah. There's always that person that wants to ruffle feathers and right. have the mention the things whether it's all the all the, uh, the things you're not supposed to talk about the holidays politics right you know, <laughs> the, it's just the, the things that get everybody all hot and heavy you know just just trying to they're getting all worked up yeah i think one of the best ways to open the door to share the gospel is to have that conversation with, listen to them yeah <laughs> Listen to them and engage them. And that even though everybody else is like, oh, I want to stay away from that. Right. And try not to be so opinionated. It's not the time for that. Right. Like, I'm, I'm not saying you can't have an opinion, but just listen and then try to find common commonalities that you can agree on and then use it as an opportunity to show the gospel. I mean, I'm speaking from experience. We have some people in our family that love to press all the buttons. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm telling you, like, even I'm thinking too, it wasn't Christmas, but it was Thanksgiving, a couple Thanksgivings ago. I was having a conversation with a family member. Some of my family members were getting so mad. And I kept thinking, I couldn't say it to them, but I kept thinking, like, calm down. Like, they're, we're just, let, like, let them speak. Let them talk. Let them have that conversation because we're having a conversation about faith things. This never happens. So right. let's just let it happen. Right. Um, but it stemmed from some of those hot button things that, yeah. that kind of led in that conversation. Yeah. So I think when you ask, listen, and try not to get upset yeah. if someone's going to disagree with you or have some kind of outlandish idea, just try to listen. <laughs> right. I feel like especially because with with those kinds of people, often they're just saying things to irritate people. Oh, for sure. People. For sure. So if you yeah. don't get irritated, it's you're not like feeding into that, nope. um, I don't know, that desire, I guess. But yeah, no, I think that's a really, a really important thing. And also just remembering that if someone does disagree with you, it's not like it's going to change the trajectory of the world. No, like it's going to no. be fine. <laughs> like it's okay to, I don't know, to let them disagree and let them talk and and I think showing that kind of self-control in those situations will also speak to them if they're expecting a reaction and you don't give them the reaction they're looking for. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. And I think part of it, too, is, I mean, again, this, this is kind of, it kind of ties in with what effective, people who are effective at sharing the gospel, they let, they ask 
questions to seek understanding from the other person. Yeah. But those questions also are meant to press the worldview of the other of that individual. Yeah. You ask a question, not that you're poking at the worldview, but you kinda are. You're like, all right, hey, like I'm curious. So you said this. Well, if this is true, is this also true? And get yeah. them thinking like, oh, wow, yeah, there's an inconsistency there or whatever. And and you can then kind of insert in that conversation where the inconsistency of their worldview, which, by the way, quick secret, all worldviews are inconsistent without Christ. I, I mean, yeah. I know that easy a, to that, find. that could be a long podcast, but it's easy to find the holes in the worldview that in the world that God created. We, we live in a world that God created. He makes sense of it. Not not that we can answer every question, but their worldview is not going to be able to make sense of it. Right. And so asking the right kinds of questions to get them really almost questioning their worldview. Because they're gonna do the same thing to you. They yeah. you know, you've you've been in that position where they ask you a question about Christianity that's hard to reconcile. You're like, whoa. Yeah. But you can do the same. Yeah. In that yeah. space, I guess. Absolutely. But, and I think there's um I think remembering that when people make truth claims or things that they yeah things that they think are true which are clearly at least from a christian mindset not true yeah it's not your job to refute what they're saying it's their job to support what they're saying and so asking those questions like you were saying like i don't know some practical questions are just what do you mean by that or like how did you come to that conclusion or have you ever considered fill in the blank with whatever you want the person to consider. Those kind of questions are, are really good because they're not you necessarily saying, oh, I disagree or oh, you're wrong or whatever. But it's it's pointing out the flaws in their own logic and yep. having them have to think through it themselves. For sure. So yeah. I, think, I think the best way for someone to change their mind is being forced to think through it themselves, not being told what's wrong. Agree, agree. So, and I think, again, it's they can tell if you're listening to their their argument to support their idea. Right. And if you're just, or if you're just waiting to cut, cut off the argument. Yeah. There's a difference in that. And yeah. don't be threatened. Your worldview's not threatened. God's yeah. not threatened by yeah. their questions. So don't <laughs> be threatened by their questions either. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think something that goes oftentimes with asking, not in every situation, especially, especially when people are very vocal and like to talk a lot about themselves and their ideas and stuff, but often they will, return the question to you. So if you, if you're sitting down with someone, you ask how they're doing, you have to pray for them, that kind of thing. Often they'll bring that back, ask how you're doing. And I think if you get given that opportunity, being able to share how you are, you could include a story of maybe how God is working in your life. All of us, all of us have God working in our lives in some ways and sharing like some personal testimony from your life. And I don't mean like your whole life testimony, but just something maybe that's happened in your life recently that you clearly see God's hand in being able to share that. Like no one can refute that. That's not a political thing. That's your personal testimony. So no one's going to hear you say that and be like, oh, that's not true. Or like, you know what I mean? Um, So that's another really good way to kind of, bring Jesus into the conversation and bring the gospel in without without being controversial or like trying looking like you're trying to cause an argument especially with someone who maybe is very outspokenly not a Christian you know what i mean so true and it it it, it validates your faith as more than just something that you think 
Right. And it's like, I'm living this thing. Right. Like God is involved in my life. And that, and you can speak to, like you said, those testimonials that, that, hey, look, God did this. Yeah. And it's like you said, they, they may not believe that he did, but they're, they're not going to be like, oh, no, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I think it's also, it can also be a really helpful way to like gauge their interest. Yep. And if they're like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Like, tell me more kind of thing. You can see, oh, maybe they are open and receptive or they might just be like, okay, whatever. And kind of shut it down. And then, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't a good time to yeah. have a gospel conversation with this person. So I think doing that can also be a good way to kind of get your foot in the door without being too direct, but kind of seeing if, if they would be open to Absolutely. a longer conversation about it, I guess. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I, I also think that if, if they are interested and you do see that you could maybe have a deeper conversation with them, um, just remembering to like agree with and affirm the things in the conversation that they get right. Yeah. Like even if their worldview is completely different from yours, completely off, if they're saying some things in there that you could pick up on that you agree with, kind of affirm that because I feel like finding common ground with people is a good way to show that you're not just there for a fight or you're not just there to kind of disagree with them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You know, what, you, as you're saying that, I, I mean, not, not that I want to get bogged down with an example, but a good example of this was one of the conversations I was having with a family member years ago during the holidays was this idea that people are not evil that was their argument, right? People are not evil. They're just, their evil actions are a result of trauma that they experienced in the past. And if they could heal from that, they wouldn't do those evil things. And so here's, here's an example of, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't immediately just like, that's wrong. I yeah. didn't say that. That's wrong. Yeah. I, I was like, you know what? You're right. There is a lot of hurt that people need to heal. So I affirmed the idea that, yeah, people who are hurt, hurt people. Yeah. That is absolutely true. Right. Um, but then I was able to like agree there, but then also be like, but do you realize that there's, even in that, there's sort of an infinite regress in this idea that someone had to be the one that started the hurting. Yeah. And that person- that's true didn't have the excuse of trauma and not that that not that that ended the argument but it was it was kind of like the first evil action that we commit as a person like in bible when we say evil we we there's two ways there's the there's god standard for like i can't probably walk around just pointing people you're evil you're evil and i'm not and not point back at myself right but god certainly can right <laughs> right and yeah. so he calls us all of us are evil in the sense that we've sinned we've we've rebelled against god right so so let's not over complicate what we're saying here but in that conversation i was able to agree yeah you're right trauma plays a huge part of people's actions and people do need to heal and that does that does kind of explain like some of the solution for somebody isn't always just it, it like like yes the gospel saves them but we also would agree that God wants to heal them, right. not just forgive them, right. right? And so, yes, you're right there. And so that was me agreeing. And that was at the point, by the way, where some of my family members 
they were just so mad and wanted to like lash out about, oh, that's ridiculous that you think no one is evil, everyone is good and all that. And it was like, whoa, 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 let's just agree with what we can and then kind of work our way in with the rest of the gospel. So you're right. in, In every, I would say almost every argument or discussion, there is going to be points of truth. Like what you were saying, that oftentimes you do have a reaction from trauma and that that reaction is going to hurt people around you. But that doesn't mean that your reaction was a good one or that it's sure, like yeah. not sinful. So yeah, just finding the points of agreement, I think, is super helpful. And then I think I think something that you can do afterwards, which is really important that I think often gets forgotten, is following up with oh, people. For sure, yeah. Like if you've had a good conversation, even if it wasn't such a good conversation, like but it, you spoke about the gospel, there was maybe some points of interest, just sending them a text afterwards, telling them, like, I enjoyed the conversation, it was good to chat to you. And if if there were maybe questions that they asked you that you couldn't answer, looking that up, like, I think the best response to, if someone asks you a question about Christianity that you don't know the answer to, that's okay. Like, no one knows all the answers. And just telling them honestly, like, that's a really good question. I haven't thought about that. I'll, like, think about it and get back to you. And then actually leave and think about it and maybe send them an article. Be like, this is a really good article that I found answering the question. Yeah, and yeah. I hope this will like help you. Or just kind of showing them afterwards that you're still interested in continuing the conversation if they want to. Or continuing the relationship, maybe if you're not so close to them. Um, I feel like following up with people just makes them feel cared about and like appreciated. Sure. And like, oh, they actually like talking to me today or whatever. So... Yeah, and it, yeah, no, you're you're so so right. If you're like me and not good at the <laughs> the distance thing, right? Yeah, it probably wouldn't hurt to even plan, put in your calendar. Hey, I'm gonna re-reach out to said person in my family. Yeah. Um, because I always am like well-intentioned. Oh yeah, I'll reach out, and then I just don't. Right. That's just me being transparent. But I think if I were to throw in my calendar. Hey, you know what? I'm going to follow up. Or like you said, look up those articles. But be yeah, I think that's a big part of it is not just only have the conversation at that holiday, but like continue it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And just being intentional with that. Super For important. sure. For sure. Yeah. So I think those are just some kind of hopefully helpful practical tips for sharing the gospel with unsaved relatives. And if we move into how to share the gospel with your kids at Christmas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I feel like that's probably a lot easier than with oh, relatives sure, yeah. because they're your kids, they're in your house, hopefully they already know the gospel. But I think there's still some really good and creative ways that we can incorporate the gospel into like our Christmas activities with our kids and making sure that we're not just making the holiday revolve around them and Santa and all this stuff, which is really great and really fun. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but just kind of if we can talk about some practical ways to bring jesus back into christmas for your kids so would you like what kind of suggestions would you have for that for sure yeah well so christmas is um in our culture um there's a big push for consumerism right and so very materialistic you have to combat that with your kids and listen your kids are just like us we're if we're if we're honest um we're very me, 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 me focused. Like I'm, I'm speaking of myself too, right? Obviously the gospel, um, and Christ's involvement in your life pushes back against that hopefully. Right. And mm-hmm. you, you, 
you submit to Christ and you try to serve and you do, but it's very easy to be selfish. And so your kids are probably the excitement of presence, right? I can't tell you how many times, like, I think it's Amazon. They send a, it's like a Christmas catalog. I thought those were gone. Whoa. Really? <laughs> oh my goodness. My kids, they get that in the mail and they circle. They, I mean, I see them. Arabella will be downstairs eating breakfast. She's got the Amazon catalog. She's got a marker and she's circling everything she wants. Oh my gosh. There might be upwards of 150 items that she's circling and, she, and she'll so talk funny. about them for months, you know? And it's like, don't, don't be alarmed by that, but fight against it. Yeah. Not in a, not in a shaming your kids way, but like remind them, you know, Christmas isn't really all about the gifts you get. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and yes, look, it's human, especially when you're a little kid, you're excited to get a gift. Let's just be honest. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pumped about it. And there's, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, Yeah. but combat it. And, and some of the ways you can combat it is one way you can find ways to, to serve during, during the holidays, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you can, you can have your kids go help with uh, a church event, right? We're in the midst of, as we're recording this episode, a week of, or a couple of weeks at our church where we're really emphasizing Operation Christmas Child, Yeah. Get, you know, and a lot of people, probably you listening, maybe. I heard about it while you're in service here. Some of you participated, brought your kids here to help pack shoeboxes, maybe pack shoeboxes at home and send these these gifts to kids who maybe don't have as many opportunities to receive gifts on Christmas. And so it's like try to push the emphasis on on something in some way to serve. Right, right. right. There's also like the angel tree thing yeah. that they just spoke about a couple weeks ago in church. Um, and even just, I think getting your kids involved with that, getting them excited, oh, we're going to pack a gift for a kid who, who maybe doesn't get gifts this Christmas or whatever. And I think it's, it's important to find a balance because like you said, it is really fun for your kids to wake up on Christmas morning and open their presents. And I think it's fun as a, as a parent, I don't know, I'm really looking forward to having our baby soon and, um, like getting to do Christmas with them and getting to get them gifts and see them wake up and see that like excitement. I think that's such a fun part about Christmas, but it's so important that they know it's going to be a fun day, whatever, but it's not about me. Like Christmas day is not my day. It's Jesus's day. And it's a day that we can, yeah, like you said, just make serving a priority. I think other ways we could like kind of help our kids serve is, I don't know, there's so many Christmas events that go on during this season, finding one that you can help set up, maybe, or, I don't know, like you said, packing gifts for other kids, maybe even, like, making cookies and a Christmas card and taking it to someone in the church who doesn't have family, maybe someone in a nursing home, or, you know what I mean, just kind of trying to find ways that you can serve your community and take the focus for your kids off of them and onto other people. Yeah, and I think one thing that we're um, we try to do is like come up with something that we can all contribute to in terms of like our resources. So if our kids have a little extra money, encouraging them like, hey, what if we as a family all pitched in and and uh, it kind of falls in line with OCC and our Operation Christmas Child and the Angel Tree, but even something else like we want to donate some money to Samaritan's Purse or some organization in the community that we know is doing good things for for the gospel. Right. And making it like the emphasis, like, you know, we receive gifts. Um, if you, a lot of the people that 
celebrates with Santa Claus. He he is generous and gives gifts, right? Yeah. So we too can imitate that and, and do that in our own lives and letting the kids letting your kids have some skin in the game right and like, i think that can be so fun for the kids as well yeah. like it doesn't have to be this dreary thing that they're like oh we have to go serve or yeah, you yeah. know it, you can make it creative you can make it fun you can i don't know i think as as a parent it's kind of your responsibility to figure out how to do that in a way that's going to make it fun for the kids yeah, but absolutely. they're definitely there's definitely ways <laughs> to do that for sure so yeah yeah, I think I think another good way that we can remind them that Christmas is not all about them is by focusing on the Christmas story and just reminding them of why we celebrate Christmas in the first place. Um, and yeah, I don't know, maybe reading the Christmas story before you eat on Christmas yes. Day or yeah. in the you were telling me earlier about um, like the Advent that oh, you have with yeah. your family. And uh, you'll have to probably just look it up. But we have this. It's like wooden blocks and it's so cool. There's. I think uh, starting on December 1st all the way through the 25th, we have this little book. It corresponds with one of the blocks. And you go. Th- we go through basically this whole Christocentric story, um, story all about Christ and, and emphasizing Christmas, but the importance of even it, it talks about the cross, the resurrection. But it you, there's so many resources like that out there where you can focus on the birth of Christ through the month of December, we we personally usually do it every night at dinner, right? Yeah. Like we we know at dinner, um, and and I get it. Not every night you're home at dinner, so you you figure it out yourself, your schedule, whatever. But we we specifically read through those and have our kids put like move the block, put it on the table. They do that leading up to Christmas, and then we kind of crescendo on Christmas morning with the last one. Yeah. And. and and so, yeah, absolutely. There's different ways you can definitely focus on um, the entrance of Jesus into this world and yeah. how, how important that is to our faith. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's really cool. And it's cool to just find some of those ideas. I think um, something else we can do that um, hopefully won't be too controversial <laughs> yeah, sure. um, is kind of redeeming Santa, if I can, if I can yeah. say that. And yeah. I know everyone has very different views on Santa. A lot of Christians... Um, celebrate christmas with him or with him i i guess that yeah, kind of sounds part weird of their celebration, it's part yeah, of yeah part of their yeah and a lot of christians don't yep whatever yep. you do is is fine personally i love the fun that comes with it and yeah. i think it's a it's a really fun thing to do but i also think that there's some cool ways that you can bring the gospel with santa into christmas um kind of by contrasting him with jesus yeah because there are so many things that like i don't know i never really thought about this before i was preparing for this podcast but there are so many ways that santa does contrast with jesus and i think if you can bring that up to your kids it will be a really cool way to present the gospel to them absolutely like um and i was i was we were talking about this uh before recording and you know with our kids we again i reiterate what chrissy said i mean whatever you do with uh santa claus like that's a decision you make as parents. Like we're, we're respectful of that. So right. it's just me just right. speaking from some of the things we do with our family. But for example, like the myth of Santa Claus, and I say that hopefully kids aren't listening. <laughs> you know, if you're one of the families that does so. But the myth of Santa Claus and and him being kind of like turned into this character that is magic and he travels all. We try to like kind of squash any way that Santa is um, 
put in a position where he is like equality with Jesus in the power realm, right? So right. for us, Santa's not omnipotent. He doesn't know everything, which means when our kids hear the song about he knows, he's watching you. He knows when you're sleeping and when you're awake. I'm like, yeah, that's all. Vibes. Just, that's, we tell them like, oh, it's just kind of fun. But that's not true. That's not, right. who, that's not who Santa right. is. We, we really try to emphasize who he was as a historical person because St. Nicholas was, in fact, a Christian who was very generous, who happened to play a large role in even like forming some of the very core doctrines of the historic church yeah so there, he was involved in all these different ways so we try to like emphasize a lot of that and then we let their imagination kind of shape their perspective on santa claus right. we do we do let them believe that he brings things to our house we don't let them believe he brings everything to our house because we want to teach them generosity if it's all just this one person that's doing it I think I think With for us personally, resources kind of, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we try to let him have one that he brings and all that stuff. But you're so right. Like, there's so many different things where you know Santa in the myth of Santa, mm-hmm. he gives based on our performance. You're naughty, you're nice, then you get a gift if you're good. If you're not good, you don't. Yeah, you get coal or whatever the myth is. Right. That's different than Jesus, right? He gives us the gift of eternal life, completely free. Completely free. Yeah. And, and in fact, he gives it to us. And we, if if there was a naughty nice list, we're on the naughty list. Right. Romans three, all of us fall short of the right. glory of God. So it's like you said, there's so many opportunities to contrast what the world teaches about Santa Claus with what the scripture teaches about Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and it's a it's a great fun way to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of, of contrasts that I saw um, when I was researching for this was... Um, so Santa says, if you've been nice this year, you'll get gifts. Yep. Just like what you were saying. Santa says, earn it. Jesus says, receive it freely. Mm. And you can find that in John 1, 12. Santa says, if you're good, you'll get my love. But Jesus says, only my love can make you good. And we yeah. see that in 1 John 4, 10 and Romans, Romans 4. Like Santa makes this list and he, he warns in that song, like I'm making a list, I'm checking it twice. Yeah. Um, Jesus literally fulfilled that list when he died on the cross and said, it is finished. Um, that could be a sermon right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I just think that the message of Christmas that every child should hear is not the one that Santa brings that we must be good, but the one that Jesus brings that he was good for us. Sure. And and all that's not to say that you shouldn't make Christmas fun. It's not to say you shouldn't enjoy like the magic of Santa or whatever. Yeah. But just some ways you could remind your kids that as fun as Santa is, Jesus is better. And Jesus' Absolutely. ways are better and they're higher and yeah. I don't know. Just no, yeah, I think that's way that's, more important. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean and again, that's that's something you can think through. You know, that's one of the fun things about being a parent, right? You get to have these conversations with um whether if you're you know, married, you could have that with your, your spouse. If you're a single parent, you get to have that with yourself. Right. <laughs> but, but you get to make cool, crucial decisions about how you can use all of life to help teach your kids about Christ, which and I had a lot of fun with it. You know, you, you can use even cartoons like they're watching and be like, hey, did you notice that they did this? You know, and, and you can always bring things. I think there's always a way to inject Christ into really anything yeah. culture it is yeah. you know cultural culture is oftentimes neutral it's how we emphasize because we live in the world that God created that means that really everything in life 
can relate back to God. And so that's a that's a really cool um, thing to read, read the Bible saying. And I think that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of, so that's most of the points we have for how to bring the gospel in to Christmas for your oh, kids. Sure, yeah. Obviously, there's going to be way, way more that would take us hours to talk about. Oh, for sure. Those are just yeah. some, <clears throat> maybe, hopefully, some helpful practical ideas for you. So kind of moving into sharing the gospel with your neighbors or friends who are not saved that you want to share the gospel with this season, but um, maybe you won't see on Christmas Day. What kind of things would you... Um, it's. I feel. I feel like it's going to be a different kind of witnessing, probably yes. more invitational than anything else. Um, but yeah, what are some ideas that you might have for that? So you open your front door, <laughs> you walk <laughs> across the street, a couple houses down, in 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 all the directions, right? Northeast, southwest. You just knock on the door and you say, "Hey, we're having a Christmas service, and we'd love for you to come." In fact, if you say you'll come, we'll we'll go with you. Yeah. Um, well, and I get it this year it's on Christmas Eve so I, I get it there'll, there'll be some people that'll be the incentive to go it's on Christmas Eve right that's what people do kind of in our community in our world they, they go on Christmas Eve it's a big deal yeah Um. but but others I mean I think just the invitation even if they say no you thought of them right right, <laughs> right. and I mean people will say no to 100% of the invitations you don't extend. <laughs> so, <Bingo. laughs> yeah, so, so you true. may as well, your odds can only go up. You yeah. may as well yeah, invite sure. them. Yeah. I think another way that you could, that you could invite people that might be a little bit more, I don't know, heartwarming, I guess, is you could bake like some Christmas cookies or something like that. Maybe make a Christmas card, a Christmas invitation and bring it over to no, them. Yeah. Drop yeah. it off. Maybe, maybe you don't want to knock on their door. Maybe you're shy to do that, but literally just, dropping off some Christmas cookies, maybe in like a cute little basket or something by their door. I don't know. I get like all these crafty ideas when I think about it. I'm like, that would actually be so fun. Um, And include like a gospel tract in it and just leave it at their door and say like from your neighbor or whatever. Um, And I think just receiving that, especially because you don't know, like a lot of times, maybe you do know your neighbors, but I think a lot of times we don't know our neighbors. Like I don't, I don't really know my neighbors. I know a few of them, but um, just like, you don't know who, has someone this Christmas who has who is gonna get a gift this Christmas like you know you don't know anyone's like personal life or story or whatever and so even just leaving something little like that at their door could make a huge impact on their life that you have no idea about like I don't know if I found cookies from one of my neighbors with a, a little Christmas invitation or whatever I'd be so blessed by that like and I have people in my life but yeah I think that could be a cool idea as well uh, yeah, no, that is that's so true. I think um, you know some people they 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 could host a party. <laughs> yeah, you know for for people um, in your neighborhood, it doesn't it doesn't have to be even be on Christmas Day, right? It could be right. leading up to that or around that time, and you could just you could send out invites to some of your neighbors. Hey, come over, bring a dessert. We're gonna have this, and then just make it a time to connect with them. Yeah, like you said, those kinds of things always. Seems like most of the interactions I have with my neighbors, it's like normal life can lend itself to gospel conversations. Right. Just you just get to talking, you hear some someone in their family sick, and you just make the point of emphasis like, okay, you didn't just hear that information. You're like, hey, you know what? At you know, before we you know move on from this guy, hey, can I can I pray pray with you for your 
Yeah, that's sick. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, oh yeah. I mean, they're not going to disagree with that. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever, I mean, there's every now and then people will say, well, I don't have anything to pray about. That's fine. Yeah. What, what harm was that? You just told me you're going to pray for them. They're like, there's nothing to pray about. Okay. Right. But most of the time people will take prayers, even if they're not a believer. Like, so yeah. something as simple as, you know, creating an opportunity, creating a space for them to be together, play games. And then you can, you can, and then from that, who knows, maybe from that party, you can be like, hey, you know what? We're also going to the Christmas service. That'd be another way. Yeah. Real easy, yeah. real tangible. Absolutely. And I think, I don't know, I, I people might disagree with me on this and that's totally fine. But I think for me personally, thinking about if I wasn't a Christian and someone was to kind of try and share the gospel with me, if someone came to my door, like I know a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses do yeah. and people like that and knocked on my door and just tried to share the gospel with me i'd probably be kind of closed off to it not not too interested but if someone was to leave me something at my door yeah. to give me an invitation yeah. i would be a lot more receptive sure. i think because yeah. it shows that they actually care about you and they're not just trying to get their message you know what i mean sure. not that there's anything yeah. wrong with like no there's not door to door witnessing or whatever right. yeah. but i just think that might be a helpful tip it's also a lot less intimidating oh for sure yeah <laughs> I would but, say, yeah, it's, it's definitely less intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for sharing those ideas. Yeah. I think, I think all of those tips are obviously just ideas, but hopefully something that one of us said on the podcast today will spark whoever's listening interest and hopefully just make people think a little bit more about how to fulfill the Great Commission this oh, Christmas because sure. yeah. we're called to share the gospel. At all times, but I just feel like Christmas is kind it of a is. special a time special for it. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for being yeah, back here for today me and again. sharing I, that. I had a lot of fun.